Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to episode 356 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Gray, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's been a strange couple of weeks overall, but yes, I'm good. Yes, yes, very strange. <laughs> so uh, what have you been up to? So unfortunately, I became very unwell this last week or so. Um, I know that I was originally going to record last week, but I came down with shingles, which was not good. Um, I had a lot of time uh, to sort of catch up on some TV while I was unfortunately really unwell. So between sleeping, I managed to really finish alone. There's no film update this month. I'm really sorry, Dave. It's just gone beyond me with films and things like that at the moment. The news of Cineworld nearly going into bankruptcy and all yeah. that has really... I haven't been able to collect all the news. So I'm going to focus on all my TV news. That's so right. while I have been convalescing on the sofa, I had so many episodes of programmes where I was like six episodes in and it was just taking me so long to get there. So while I was sort of trying to get better, I thought, right, I'm just going to try and do some of these seasons and just get them off of my watch list so I finished The Boys Queer as Folk CSI Vegas The Orville Abba Elementary Solar Opposites and Grace all in this time Wow! Um, and they're all fantastic I can't really fault any of them I am obviously I live on the south coast which where Grace is filmed so it's an ITV crime drama based around Brighton Oh yeah! and it was just fascinating to watch this program and to see some of the places that I run or go to and there are some um, obviously a geographical mishaps which I laugh at so yeah. they're driving along one road and like oh we've got to pop to Shoreham and the next shot they're in Seaford and you're like well I know that's not Shoreham <laughs> but obviously a lot of the viewers don't and I suppose that happens whenever there's a locality shoot and we've just yeah I've just never yeah. watched anything that's sort of filmed in Brighton but all of those programs I just mentioned absolutely fantastic I really hope all of them come back and I've been reading a little bit about CSI Vegas is going to come back and it the two characters from the original season that were with us Sarah and Gil aren't coming back yeah. for the next season but they're bringing back another old character um, yes. who was in the earlier seasons of CSI and I love that idea and I think that's a really refreshing idea that it also sort of honours the old seasons by bringing back people and so along the line I hope to see Ted Danson reprising his role I would um, like that yeah, yeah Ted Danson's not having a great time really because he's lost his Mr. Mayor gig that's gone mm-hmm. and then obviously he's having those guest roles in the Orville and he's not going to be in that anymore. No. <laughs> so it's kind of like, what's Ted Danson going to do next? So he could definitely do season three, maybe, of CSI Vegas. Yeah. Those are the things I finished. Um, I started just over the last 24 hours. I started Sandman two episodes in, really like it. I, I was worried it was going to be really slow paced. But actually, the episodes seem to go really quickly. I'm following the story quite well, enjoying that. How are you coping with the weird camera effect that stretches people? Well, I'm want to watch more apparently it gets even more obvious as we get into episode three with Gwendolyn Christie's character I've read like the technical effects are really obvious as you move on through the season so I'm only on two episodes so I've just watched the Cain and Abel episode. Right, yeah. I'm into the storyline, which is a good thing for me with with like fantasy and stuff like that. I have to be into the storyline. Yeah. So I am enjoying it, but I will I will have a look out for that as I move through the season. Yeah, it's the, the aspect ratio is a bit weird. It's shot on an odd camera that stretches the aspect ratio in a slightly weird way. Mm. I just know they all look very tall and thin. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think Tom Sturridge is a tall and thin actor. Yeah, yeah, they are all tall and thin. And that's to do with the cameras that 
that they were shot on, apparently. It was shot with some old school kind of camera lenses. And it looks like it's sort of been uploaded in the wrong aspect ratio, but it hasn't. It's designed to look like that. But it is a little off-putting if you kind of, when you first see it, and you think there's something a bit off will, about it. I will but let yes. you know as I get through the season. Yeah, but, but like, I'm going back to it, which is good. Yeah. You're right. As you go through it, you kind of notice it less, actually. You get used to the way that they look, and then you get wrapped up in the story, I think. So it becomes less of a thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, so I'm enjoying that. Um, I started also Wedding Season, which is on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Um, it sort of popped up on my suggestive viewing, really enjoying it. Two episodes in, I like the idea. It's got a bit of a, um, there was a series a few years ago with um, Bounty Hunters with Jack Whitehall. Oh, yes. It's got a bit of that about it. It's like two people on the run and sort of like trying to get around their storyline and really a set of unknown actors and actresses, from my opinion, like they're not big names, but I'm enjoying that two episodes into that also started the baby and bad sisters bad sisters on apple tv of course so i just started those things and while i'm continuing to sort of press on with things like fbi's 911 lone star etc and then we have got coming around the corner which we know is the madness of this season we've got those weekly incomings so things that are just going to be ticking along regularly like the final season of mop the week have i got news for you buzzcocks has just started we're yeah. gonna have russell howard hour coming out soon i'm still watching the last leg so all these things i watch that take up a lot of my time are things that are just only on weekly and they're not plot driven they're sort of like entertainment and comedy so that's mainly what i've been watching and getting on with so uh that's me and uh what about you dave what have you been doing in the last week well yeah on a couple of those yeah buzzcocks has started mock the week got moved obviously because it would have been a bit difficult for them to do it last week russell howard hour i discovered the first episode of the new season which i don't think actually went out on air is actually up on demand so the first episode is up because that was obviously recorded the day before so there's no sort of queen stuff in there but the first episode is up on demand and then it's it's coming back on thursday for the next one so i because i was surprised i was just i i looked to make sure that i got it set to record in my planner and and went and checked and the first episode is there so uh you can go oh. and watch that as well but yeah i am looking forward to mock the week coming back i've i've not watched that very much in the last few seasons but i will make an effort certainly and watch it and buzzcocks was great i mean buzzcocks was one of the things that i started watching again this week They've done such a good job with that show. I know people were a bit upset when Sky were bringing it back and it wasn't going to have like Simon Anstel hosting it because that was such a big part of the original or Mark Lamar or any of the kind of acerbic people that did it originally. But I think Greg does a wonderful job as host on that thing. And it's, yeah. it's got a good balance of them taking the mickey out of the guests that come on and making fun of people. It does still have an edge to it. It's not quite as harsh and cutting as it was when Simon did it, but I still think it works really, really well. How is the Queer as Folk American version, by the way? I really like that it wasn't a carbon copy. There were some sort of throwbacks to the Russell T Davies series, and obviously he's still on board as executive producer. <laughs> so there are some elements like, uh, this isn't a spoiler because obviously you would if people who listening would have watched the original so a younger guy falls in love with like our lead who's a little bit off the rails so there's that element but a lot of the storylines are very specific to this season being in new orleans being in america obviously a lot more there's a lot more focus on the trans issue and identity which is good um i like i mean I, i it was harmless it was quite good performances some really good young queer actors and Kim Cattrall as well which you know it can't yeah. be faulted but no I I really enjoyed it and I loved that it wasn't like I remember first seeing the original Queer as Folk America and it was just a carbon copy of the right, UK yeah, yeah. one it was almost not scene for scene but that every storyline was the same and all the characters were similarly named and things like that but this it has some throwbacks but has its own identity as well I mean the first season is an absolute shocker and you're not prepared for it because <laughs> you go in there thinking it's a nice oh it's going to be a, a you know reference to the original but it actually surprised me and I really enjoyed how it went from there good yeah i'm glad that's made that difference because i've not really heard much talk about it so i was just so interested to see how that goes abbott elementary on the other hand which is on my list of things that i need to get to i haven't actually started yet how was that because i mean that did really well at the end yeah, this year it did do well and i was glad that again it wasn't hugely publicized on disney that it was coming on there no. and it came up as sort of like one of my suggested to watch because i think i'd 
finished another season of How I Met Your Mother in my 90th rewatch or whatever. And so I just started watching it. And I actually really like the style because it sort of borrows a lot of the techniques from Modern Family, where they do give a nod to the camera every so often. And right. I really enjoyed it sort of. And then I was watching, I think I watched the last couple of episodes and then they started winning the awards. And I'm like, oh, at last, I've watched something before it won all the awards, <laughs> so, which is a bit unusual for me. Normally I'm very late to the party, but no, I, I sort of heard them win awards. And I was like, oh yes, I know she does deserve the Emmy because I've watched her and she's very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, yeah. the, it was really good. And it, it made me, I mean, I didn't watch it before the Emmys, but the fact that it picked up so many awards, I was like, mm, yeah, I I should actually go and check that one out. Yeah. Yes, I will go and look that. I haven't really got many, many new things this week. Um, I am sort of continuing with things like Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Uh, I'm working my way through SWAT because I have like three years worth of squat episodes that have like uh, piled up on my skybox. So I'm working my way through, I think the third or fourth season at the moment. Um, I'm trying to get sort of up to date on that, but it's quite nice. It's well-written, easy watching kind of background TV. Yeah. They've done a really good job with that show. They've just got into the COVID. Yeah. I watch it. The only frustrating thing I have is their cast doesn't change. No. And you know that a lot of these procedurals, you have updates of cast every so often. And the cast just doesn't change. And I don't I know that just makes some of the storytelling really dry because the characters go through the, the same things every couple of seasons. But I still watch it every week. I still tune in. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, this character's going through that problem. They had that problem three seasons ago. And I get, you know, so. Yeah, that is the sort of interesting thing. They, there doesn't seem to be many high stakes with it. You, you no. know that they're all going to come back. But yeah, I, I'm still enjoying it, though. That's That's been fun. The one new thing I did watch this week was Vampire Academy. This is the the YA drama. comes from Julie Pleck, who uh, co-created it. Julie Pleck, of course, being the person that did Vampire Diaries and the originals and legacies and all those things. This has nothing to do with that. They are completely separate projects. Vampire Academy was actually the book she originally wanted to do when she actually started doing Vampire Diaries, but couldn't get hold of the rights to it at the time. But this was the thing that she'd kind of been looking at at the start and ended up going to do Vampire Diaries instead. But she's now managed to get the rights to it. She's doing it for Peacock. So it's on Peacock in the UK and Peacock in the US. That started on Friday. Our first four episodes are up on Peacock. Go and catch up on them. I've only managed to see the first one so far. But it's sort of an interesting setup. It has probably more in common with Motherland Fort Salem than it does with Vampire Diaries because the collection of vampires and the setup is a group of people that are at this academy and they're away from the rest of the world. So it, it doesn't feel integrated in the way that Vampire Diaries did. It's not like small town America. They're very much in their own environment. So there's a queen who is like 200 years old and is about to hand over the throne. The family that is supposed to be taking over that, something happens to them and it completely changes everything. So the main story follows this member of vampire royalty, this girl who is member of vampire royalty, and her guardian, who is a sort of half vampire, and they're trained as people to protect the sort of important vampires in this society. Those are your sort of two main characters. It's very YA, as you'd expect from this sort of thing. But I was really interested with this sort of world that they've set up, because you've got like this powerful royal, you've got this half vampire guardian, so you've got that dynamic going on, she's sort of still in training. So there are other guardians that are around that are sort of a bit more hard-edged and stuff. You've got this threat from what they call as the Strigoi, which are these savage, slightly more devolved vampires, which are trying to attack this privileged Thai society. We've only seen little bits and pieces of those in the first episode, but you know, they've been trying to attack the compound and stuff. So there is this sort of ongoing threat from that. And then you've got all this royal infighting as the sort of queen decides that she's going to hand over the throne. It's sort of who the throne is going to go to. And you've got these various royal families that are vying to be the person that takes over. So it sets up a really sort of interesting world. I've only watched, as I said, the first episode so far. So there's a lot of introductions of, of new characters and, you know, where things are and how the world is set up and all that sort of thing. But it's intriguing enough for me to go and think, actually, I am going to go and watch some more episodes of 
this. Julie Pleck and Marguerite McIntyre are the two people that are, are involved with it. And as I say, Julie was the person behind Vampire Diaries and uh, Marguerite also worked on Vampire Diaries with her as well. So it, it is that team behind it. I don't really know any of the leads at all. Cast seems fairly good. Uh, the one person I did recognise was J. August Richards, who was in Angel. So he's back doing vampire things again, which is fun. Overall, intriguing opening start. I'm looking to go back and watch a bit more than that. I didn't. I, I know this is a YA series. Anything a vampire YA series? Is that anything you might look at? Not really. I mean, I've been seeing it promoed a lot when you go to start to watch anything on now. Mm. Um, it's been. I've been in this right. cycle of promos, which actually sort of raises another question, sort of along these lines. I get promoed the Nevers a lot, and we watched the Nevers back in first lockdown. I think. I thought that had a second half of the season. Is that? It has. There is a second half of the season coming. It's just taken an awful long time to land, but it's oh, not It's not so. actually coming yeah, out yet. As you mentioned, Vampire Academies, it just brought to mind, it's the advert I see next to the Nevers all the time on now as it starts playing. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's a much younger cast and it is much more YA than the Nevers is, but I, I can sort of see why they promote those things next to each other. Mm. There is a sort of commonality between those i guess there is a there is a sort of similar <laughs> feel to the two of them but the thing that it did bring to mind was fort salem more than anything else it, it's very much in that sort of vein but with vampires because it, it, it is kids at boarding school it's about this friendship between a couple of them and and then this is sort of larger growing cast of characters around them as the other kids in the school and there's sort of jealousies and rivalries and all that sort of stuff it is one that's worth checking out. It's on now. It's on Peacock on Sky as well. So you can go and check it out there. And there are four episodes up at the moment and then new episodes are dropping weekly. So uh, I think it's one that is intriguing and, and certainly worth going to have a look at if you're into those YA things. A couple of other things I did want to mention as well. There's a couple of interviews that have gone up on the website. They've gone up as text interviews this week. So there are articles that are up there. I did an interview with the supervising sound editor on Peacemaker and Aquaman, a guy called Pete. Brown, he was uh, talking about sort of creating the sounds for all those wonderful creatures like the butterflies and stuff for uh, Peacemaker. Did you watch Peacemaker? I did, yes. yes. Enjoyed it very much. One of the intriguing things that came out of that was the fact that Eagerly is voiced by somebody. It's not sound effects. <laughs> and it, it's voiced by somebody who is incredibly well known to the uh, Star Wars community as well. He is the guy that voices the clones in the Clone Wars animated series. That really surprised me, but that that's the the guy that is the voice of Eagerly, apparently, which is incredible because you would have thought those were sound effects. The other person that I talked to was Kevin Yuli of Fuse Effects, who did all the special effects for Miss Marvel and also worked on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. So he talks a lot about working on the hard light and, and the various things they did for Miss Marvel, but also talks a bit about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. And he, he worked on um, Race by Wolves and a whole bunch of other things. So uh, that's really sort of interesting. And there's lots of pictures of their effects and stuff up on that article as well so uh, they're both on the website if you want to go and check those out so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. On to the TV and film news, and we start off with the renewals, cancellations, and pickups. One cancellation this week, one uh, not even getting out of the starting blocks. Flatbush Misdemeanors is being cancelled by Showtime after two seasons. I think that ran on Sky Comedy over here, although would have presumably ended up moving on to Paramount Plus had it come back, but uh, that's not going to be returning. That was a, a comedy. And um, the other one is, uh, it's another weird decision from DC, the concept Constantine series, which J.J. Abrahams was developed, and this was the, one of the reasons that they took the Constantine character and stopped him being played by Matt Ryan on the Legends series. One of the reasons that that character finished on Legends was because of the fact that they'd given the rights to use it over to J.J. for this Constantine series. And there was also a Madame X series that was coming with it. HBO Max that was 
looks better to be picking those up have passed on both of them. <laughs> so they are apparently shopping them to other places, though. So it's another like the Batman animated series we spoke about a few weeks ago. They're taking some of their properties and just flogging them to other people, some of their DC properties, which is weird when you've got your own streaming service that you're allowing other mm. things to go other places. This was always a bit controversial, the, the Constantine thing, because of the fact that it wasn't going to be Matt Ryan. They were going to cast somebody else in that role. And Matt Ryan is is so part of that character at this point. I mean, they did say it was going to be a much darker series, which is kind of what the original Constantine TV series was supposed to be and that sort of didn't work or I mean loved but I mean didn't do very well on NBC but this would have been on a streaming service and you know meant they could have pushed it further just a shame that they didn't just say hey Matt come and do this and we're going to do another Constantine TV series but yeah so now those aren't happening at all and they're being shopped to other places because HBO Max have passed on it one of the other things that killed this was they've announced that they are making a new Constantine film with Keanu Reeves back as the lead based on the one that he did in the 90s. So there's a, a follow-up to that coming as well. Uh, mm. I, I don't, did you ever see that movie? I think I saw it at some point. I haven't seen it for a very, very long time. No, I don't think I did. Pass me by. It got a lot of criticism at the time because of the fact that it bore no relationship really to the comic book. But if you look at it in its own right... It actually was quite a good film. It's just a bit weird to bring it back now when Constantine is much better known as a character and you're going to have this weird, very different version coming back in the film. So I don't know. We'll see how it lands. But uh, yeah, there is a Constantine film coming as well. But the TV series has been dropped. It's very puzzling, all the stuff that's going on over at HBO Max and DC right now. On to the renewals, and they've renewed Buffering, which was a uh, sitcom with Ian Sterling playing a version of Ian Sterling in it. That ran on ITV2, and that's been renewed for a second season, so that is coming back. And over in pickups and other news, some interesting things. The US version of Ghosts has been reportedly picked up by the BBC. You watch Ghosts, don't you? The UK version. I do, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of interested to see what the US version is like. I'm surprised the BBC seem to be the ones that are picking it up. I mean, I know they have the main show, but it, it's rare for the, if, if ever, for them to pick up a US remake of a it's UK... It's got very positive reviews. They they yeah. might have had um, first refusal, and because of the increased positive reviews, they might think this is a good thing to keep on their channel. Well, yeah, it has. It's got incredibly positive reviews. And I know people wince every time you mention the fact that there is a US remake of a beloved UK show, but it, I think this is more going down the route of what happened with The Office. It seems to be it turned into a very different show but they did a good version of that based on a sort of shorter run UK property and this seems to be the same sort of thing because the US version I think the first season had 18 episodes and the second season's got like 22 so there are already going to be a lot more episodes of this than there are of the UK one. The cast, I don't know all the cast but the, the lead is uh, Rose McIver who you will know is the person that was the lead role in iZombie. And I can see her playing this really, really well. So that I rather like the idea of. And then on the ghost side, the characters are similar in a lot of ways, but there are some original ones as well. So like, there's a pinecone troop leader who is their version of the scout leader who died after being shot by an arrow through by one of his scouts. So there is that's obviously a sort of straight copy of the UK version. There is an American revolutionary officer who's based on the captain, a sort of hard partying business executive and Wall Street tycoon that died in 2000 from a heart attack, which is based on the MP. Julian, you've got um, Thorfinn, who was a Viking and the oldest of the ghosts, which is based off the caveman character Robin in the original. And there's um, Hetty Woodstone, who is the lady of the manor, who is the um, US version of Lady Button. So those are sort of fairly similar characters. And they 
then you've got a hippie in there who was uh, died while trying to befriend a wild bear. So you've got that character in there. There is a uh, prohibition era jazz singer and a Native American character in there as well. So what they seem to have done is sort of taken carbon copies of uh, of much as possible and just sort of slightly Americanized them for a lot of the characters. But then they've added some completely original stuff in there as well. I rather like the sound of this. I just think it sounds quite interesting. They has got the original crew from the UK, uh, the the horrible histories guys that, that developed the original series. It's got them on as exec producers on the US version as well. I do want to see it. I think why not? I want to try something new. Try something interesting. Cheer me up. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see how it compares to the two. I think it will be quite a different show. But as I said, there are a lot more episodes of it. But um, I'm I'm yeah. really rather intrigued by this. I think don't know when it's going to land. They are in the process of buying it, was what the article said. But the original Ghosts returned this week as well. So, uh, you know, we have got season four of yeah. the original to come. And the storylines, of course, in the American version are going to be different. So Yeah, different histories as well. Yeah, different histories, different background, because it is all sort of American history as well. So I think that that's going to be kind of an interesting one. There was some casting for Halo as well. Joseph Morgan, talking of the Vampire Diaries as we were earlier, Joseph Morgan has joined the Halo series. He's playing James Ackerman, a formidable intelligence operative who has spent his career climbing the ranks of the the Office of Naval Intelligence and Christina Rodlow, who is taking the character Talina Perez, a corporal specialising in linguistics. So those are two new characters. They Basically, they've just started shooting the second season of that. So uh, that is coming soon to Paramount+. Plus. I know it got a very mixed reaction the first season, but I rather enjoyed it. But I'm not a huge fan of the Halo games. So I, I get the impression that that's probably the best way to be when watching that series, because I think they took quite a lot of liberties compared to what the video games were. The other thing which uh, happened last week, we didn't really talk about it, was the Emmys. There was some interesting stuff to come out of there. I mean, Ted Lasso did incredibly well again. Succession did particularly well. Squid Game did very, very well as well. Anything leap out at you from the Emmys this year? I just thank the Lord Jennifer Coolidge won an award for White Lotus. Um, She's an absolute icon and it's taken her many years to get this. And they tried to play the music to get her off stage and she did a little dance to it because she's an absolute icon. So yeah, that was a real highlight for me. And of course while watching Abbott Elementary and seeing Cheryl Lee Ralph and uh, Kinta Brunson pick up awards as well it was really really rewarding yeah that was really really good I still haven't watched Squid Game but I did feel very happy for for that picking up a number of awards because that's very rare for a foreign language thing to win Emmys like that so the fact that that broke through I think was really quite impressive and also I mean the Lee Jung Jae who picked up the lead actor award for that he was up against Brian Cox for Succession which is incredibly popular Adam Scott for Severance which was an incredible series Jeremy Strong for Succession and Bob Odenkirk for the last season of Better Call Saul and he still came out and won that so that's really really good going given the uh, competition in that category so there was a whole bunch of awards for Ted Lasso last week tonight one for Variety which was great White Lotus did particularly well as well so mm. there was some interesting stuff that came out of that and the fact that um, Abbott Elementary did so well sort of made me think I really need to go and watch that I need to go watch Ted Lasso as well because I've not watched any of that either things that have come onto my my list that I need to go and see I think what's also interesting is majority of those are now over with us in the UK you know sometimes something will win loads of awards but hasn't hit our shores yet and then we're sort of begging for it I think Hacks had won loads before they got got broadcast over here but if you look at the winning list I think everything is available over here which is really really good they're actually sort of catching up and making sure it's more relevant to us and making sure their services are available so i think all of the top winners we can see if we wanted to in the uk it's not a case of us having to wait for someone to pick them up before they get broadcast over here so it's getting better it is i'm just looking through the list i can't see anything on there that we haven't had even things like the variety specials because um jared carmichael won for rathaniel which was a comedy special he did which is a brilliant piece of work and that that's gone out in the uk as i say ted lasso abbott elementary uh squid game euphoria is the under one again for that uh gene smart did pick an award for hacks they presented an award pair of them her and uh, i can't remember the one that played her side quick but they presented an award together which was hilariously funny succession runs over here of course white lotus has been out over here last week tonight runs here dope six been out uh, beatles get back one for doc 
documentary. I think everything really has gone out as far as I can see, which is great, you know, because like you say, there have been times where the things were in the woods at these sort of shows and then it's like, well, where can I catch that? So... Moving on to uh, other bits of news, um, we covered a lot of the D23 stuff last week with Star Wars and the Marvel things. One thing we didn't talk about was there was also a number of Disney Plus announcements which we didn't get to last week. These are the Disney Plus bits and pieces that came out from D23, which I thought would be worth looking at. The Santa Clauses now has a premiere date. This is the follow-up to the Santa Claus movies. See, Tim Allen returned to the role of Scott Calvin, who is on the brink of his 65th birthday and realises that he can't be Santa forever. He's starting to lose his step in his Santa duties, and more importantly, he's got a family who could benefit from a life in the normal world, especially two kids that have grown up in the pole. With a lot of elves, children and family to please, Scott sets out to find a suitable replacement Santa while preparing his family for a new adventure in a life south of the pole. So that's the set up for the series. It starts Wednesday the 16th of November on Disney+. Plus. Are you excited for a Santa Claus series? I'm trying to think about when was the last time I watched the Santa Claus Yeah, the Santa Claus 2. I probably will. I mean, I do, once I'm properly into the Christmas season, I do love to catch up on some of the summer Christmas films. And then if this works and works with it, I mean, it's coming quite early, 16th of November. I don't know if I'd watch it before or after the films. But yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. I, I do like Tim Allen's stuff. He's always been really spot on with the stuff he chooses to do. Yeah, and I mean, I think the reason it's starting on the 16th is because of the fact that it's a series rather than a movie and it's going to be going out. I think they're dropping two episodes at launch and then it's going out weekly. So it will run up to Christmas, I would assume. And I, I'm not sure how many episodes it is in total, but they're obviously trying to get it out in the run up to the Christmas period, which is why it's out early. But yeah, I think that could be quite an interesting one. Another adaptation from a movie is National Treasure Edge of History, which is premiering on uh, 14th of December. That's the Wednesday. That's another two-episode launch. So it's an expansion of the National Treasure movie franchise told from the point of view of a young heroine called Jess, a brilliant and resourceful dreamer in search of answers about her family, who embarks on the venture of a lifetime to uncover the truth about the past and save a lost Pan-American treasure. Lizette Olvera in the lead role, but he's got Catherine Zeta-Jones in there as well. Uh, Jake Austin Walker, who's in Rectify. Jordan Rodriguez, who's in Ladybird. Zuri Reed, who's in Flatbush Misdemeanors. A couple of other people as well. No Nick Cage, as far as we're aware. And certainly not announced for this. And I think it is it is set in the same world as the Nick Cage things it's not like a kind of complete remake or anything but this is going to be a series and it's called national treasure edge of history 14th of december for that one any interest in that i'm not sure i don't think that would interest me i think there's some points i've got to go no i'm not gonna invest myself in that although i do love seeing Catherine zeta jones and stuff i don't think straight away it's going to be my my go-to i didn't really like the films when they were out either they didn't really interest me that much fair enough we had got our first trailer for Percy Jackson and the Olympians, which is based on the best-selling book series by Rick Riordad. I think his name is. This is the story of a 12-year-old modern demigod, Percy Jackson, who's just coming to terms with his newfound divine power when the sky god Zeus accuses him of stealing his master lightning bolt. With help from his friends Grover and Annabeth, Percy must embark on an adventure of a lifetime to find and restore order to Olympians. Olympus. So that doesn't have a premiere date yet. It's going to land in 2023, but there is a video up for that on the website. There is a trailer for it. I know there's been a couple of movies which I don't think were particularly well received. It seems like it's possibly one of those things that will be better off in a kind of long form setting, I would guess. I don't know whether you caught any of the films. I do remember the first, I mean, it was that long ago. I think I was a lot younger when the first film and I actually enjoyed it, but then they never capitalised on the franchise because I think the first film didn't go the way that they planned. Yeah. I think obviously when it was tried to come out at a time of you have things like Harry Potter still quite high. Yeah. You had the it wasn't 
Hunger Games. It was there was another one as well where they're all trapped in something. They're all trying oh. to run through a maze or something. Yeah, yeah, the Maze Runner. Yes. Yes. Is it the Maze Runner? There we go. Yes, the Maze Runner. <laughs> but they, I think it didn't capitalize because you know the, Percy Jackson. I really liked and very similar to remember they did Stormbreaker, Alex Ryder film earlier yes. on. Again, very good. But they came out at the wrong time against things like Harry Potter and all of those other films coming out. So I think well, I'd like to see what this is, but I'm much older now. I'm probably not the right target audience for it, but um, I kind of like the idea behind the the plot as well. Yeah, I, it does sound like a kind of interesting one. And I think the author has been a bit more involved in this one as well. So I think this has a better chance of, of working. I think having done the film and realised what didn't work, I think maybe that they've, uh, they've you know, this stab at it with it being in a slightly more longer form. And I think they're trying to avoid the mistakes of the past possibly for this. And I mean, it's interesting because the TV series versions generally have done much better than the film versions of these things. I mean, you mentioned the Stormbreaker thing and the, the TV series of the Alex Ryder character has been much better, I think, than the movies were received. You know, I mean, the TV show did a really good mm. job. So that is going to be Percy Jackson and the Olympians. And that's going to come in 2023 at some point, but we don't know exactly when yet. One of the other things is is called American Born Chinese, and it's based on a graphic novel, which is not one I know, but uh, tells the story of Jin Wang, an average teenager juggling his high school social life with his home life when he meets a new student on the first day of the school year. Even more worlds collide as Jin is unwittingly entangled in a battle of Chinese mythological gods. So that's the setup for it. I don't really know any of the cast other than Michelle Yeoh is in there as one of the cast members but I don't really know the rest of the people involved uh, Destin Daniel Crenton who did Shang-Chi and Legends of the Ten Rings is set to direct it Kelvin Yu who worked on Bob's Burgers and Central Park is exec producer and showrunner on it so there is a sort of featurette thing up for that but uh, I don't really know much more about it other than that so it's one of those wait and see things I think that one there were a couple of other things as well. There's uh, Zootopia Plus, which is a short form series that's coming on the 9th of November. Did you watch any of the Zootopia? I love Zootopia. It was a brilliant film. The um, short form series coming for that, which is uh, focused on some of the various characters for that. So uh, that's one to look out for. There is uh, Win or Lose, which is the the first long form series from Pixar. Follows the Pickles, a co-ed middle school softball team in the week leading up to the championship game. Each episode takes the place in the same week, highlighted from the perspective of a different main character. So the players, their parents, the umpire, each reflecting in its own universe unique visual style so i think although it's i mean it's about softball and you know not necessarily a sport that's huge over here but i do think that sounds like it could be kind of interesting and fun and i like the idea that it's it's told from various different perspectives will fort apparently from last man on earth he's, he's going to be voicing the coach always give it a go with his pixar hopefully it's good quality and i definitely yeah would have a try on that one so yeah there are some kids stuff as well there's moon girl and devil dinosaur which is actually a marvel thing but it's it's very much done as a kids cartoon follows the adventures of a 13 year old super genius and her 10 ton t-rex devil dinosaur so uh, that's that's coming 10th of february that's landing on uh, disney channel in the us and then it will be on internationally on disney plus there's a second season of the proud family ladder and prouder that's coming in february and big shot season two as well that's coming on the 12th of october so that's quite early there's some holiday specials coming this year as well best in snow which is a festive holiday special hosted by titus burgess featuring teams from around the world transported to a magical snowy village and thrown into a spirited competition for the title for best in snow <laughs> so there's there's like sort of it's a snow carving kind of competition thing by the sounds of it there's uh, Pentatonics. They've got a special coming up, which is the Acapella Group. So they, they, that's like a, a sort of holiday album special thing that they're doing that. And there is a hip hop version of the Nutcracker, which uh, Run DMC's Rev Run is doing, which apparently is also going to be on over the Christmas period. So uh, those are three Christmas things to look out for. 
They also dropped a new trailer for Disenchanted, the follow-up to the Enchanted film, which I absolutely adored. And that's coming on the 24th of November. I, this sounds like funny, sort of, you know, after the Enchanted stuff, it's kind of everything going a bit wrong by the sounds of it. And uh, that's certainly what the, the trailer points to and picks up 15 years after Giselle and Robert get married when their family heads to suburbia in search of their happily ever after. But yes, the, the trailer for this looks great and that's dropping uh, 20 24th of November on Disney Plus. That one that interests you? Yeah, I think so. I think there are some good sequels coming up to older films. I know that we're in this house looking forward to Hocus Pocus 2 as well. Yes. It's coming out later this season. I like that their Disney Plus is this new outlet that really um, sort of helps you connect with those shows that were uh, memorable many years ago. So yeah, I, I think I will be excited about this one. Yeah, so 24th of November for Disenchanted. Hocus Pocus 2 is 30th of September. That's landing on Disney Plus. That's fairly soon, but there's lots of trailers up for that already. So uh, there's that. They didn't ask one other thing as well. They released a poster for it. It's coming in 2023, which is Peter Pan and Wendy, which spotlights the iconic characters in a new way. The film dives deeper into Wendy's story as she joins the boys who refuse to grow up on a magical journey to Leverland and reveals the history behind Peter Pan's rival with one of Disney's most memorable villains. Jude Law is playing Captain Hook in that, apparently. That's another one to look out for. That's coming in 2023. Moving away from the Disney stuff, there was an announcement from Prime Video. They have ordered a Blade Runner 2099 series. This obviously is based in the same universe as the original Blade Runner movie and the sequel film. So uh, I'm sure most of you know the plot of the Blade Runner film uh, set in a dystopian 2019 Los Angeles where synthetic humans known as replicants are bioengineered by the Tyrell Corporation to work on space colonies. Harrison Ford stars as Deckard, a Blade Runner who is set to track down a group of road replicants, one of who was played by Rutger Hauer. Then Blade Runner 2049 sequel was set 30 years after the events of that film and had Ryan Gosling in it as Officer K, who unearthed the long-buried secret that has the potential to plunge what's left of society into chaos. K's discovery leads him on a quest to find Rick Deckard, the former LAPD Blade Runner who has been missing for 30 years. So as the title of the thing rather suggests, it will take place another 50 years after the events of that film. Script comes from Silka Lucia, who created Shining Girls, the Apple TV drama, and um, it's Scott Free Productions that are doing it. So it's the same people that were behind the films are the, are the people that are involved with it. Any interest in a Blade Runner series? I taught it for nine years in film studies, so I always enjoyed <laughs> it. I never actually saw Blade Runner 2049. It was a big error on my behalf. I never actually got to watch that in the cinema. But I do remember the series that they did on Philip K. Dick's novels, Do Androids. It was called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, wasn't yes, it? They did yes, a series about five years ago. I absolutely loved each of those episodes. Maybe I should set myself the challenge to go and watch Blade Runner 2049, and then when this series is ready, to launch um, because I did like it and um, I just think it's a fantastic construction of sci-fi. We've actually gone beyond the year that it was originally set now, which is quite funny. Yeah. When they set the original 2019, I believe it was, was what they were predicting the world would be like. Weren't quite there, but I'm sure um, a lot of people have comments about how it was nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fewer flying cars, but uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite there, but still. This sounds like it, it could be quite interesting in, you know, there's a, a good group of people involved in it it's the same people that were involved on the films I think it's one of those things that could work quite well in a long form series because I mean it's his essence it is a kind of detective story there was a brilliant point and click video game that came out in what probably late 80s early 90s which captured the essence of it so well i mean it was all sort of lucas art type pixel graphics but it's a wonderful wonderful game that and that had much more of that sort of noir detective story feel to it and i think you can sort of do something like that as a series we don't know anything about what the plot line is going to be for this but i think it's a very rich world that you could play around with, with this i'm rather looking forward to it um, the series that you were talking about, yes, wasn't specifically based on Do Android Dreams with Electric Sheep, but it was it was called Electric Dreams, I think, that series. And it was a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, something like that. Yeah, was a bunch of... Um, 
Philip K. Dick's short stories. That that was a really good series. Really, really enjoyable. So, um, yeah, I think this could be quite good, but we don't know when that's going to land because they've only just announced it, but it's going to be called Blade Runner 2099, and that's going to be on Prime Video. And as I mentioned earlier, there is a Constantine sequel in development over at Warner Brothers starring Keanu Reeves. It's another installment of the uh, 2005 supernatural thriller Constantine with the studio reteaming... Keanu Reeves with director Francis Lawrence who made his helming debut on the original so that was the first thing that Francis Lawrence did apparently Akiva Goldsmith who is one of the people behind Picard and Strange New Worlds and Discovery and all their Star Trek series he also worked on Titans and Fringe he is supposed to be writing the screenplay and produce the project as well JJ Abrahams is still involved through Bad Robots but only on the production side of things the original movie grossed 200 million in 2005 they have been quite sort of interested in the sequel I know Reeves has talked about sort of wanting to go back and do that character again as I said earlier I think the problem is there is a very very well known depiction of Constantine now in the Matt Ryan version and but there is a lot of love for Keanu Reeves so I don't know it's going to be interesting to see how this plays when it lands the original movie was John Constantine who was in the original was dying but stays around to save his soul by keeping demons from hell from breaching earth and he also gets into a battle between the Archangel Gabriel and Lucifer in that original movie so it was sort of an interesting setup as I said I think part of the thing that it suffered from was it was drastically different from the comic books and people took offense to that so i don't know it's an interesting one to come to i mean i i like keanu reeves quite a lot so i mean i i don't know how much interest there is in this i think i will probably give it a go i do like some of the stuff that akiva goldsman has done but sometimes it's a bit of a hit and miss as well but i like the version in legends i'd like to see how they play it and i know i'm about to watch the third episode of sandman where we're going to get the female version of Constantine come in. So I, I like to see where this character goes and develops. So, you know, it could be something I'm definitely interested in. Yeah. Again, the reason that there was a female version in the Sandman series was because of the fact that they'd given the Constantine character to JJ to make the Constantine series, which mm. they've now just rejected. So yes, it's very strange. And I don't understand why they've done that either, because they live in a multiverse and they're supposed to be multiple versions of characters. Why you couldn't have just used Constantine or like I mean, I don't know. But anyway, that's that's what they went with. The director was after Constantine. He went on to do I Am Legend. Uh, he then did Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Mocking Jays, Part 1 and 2, Red Sparrow, and he's doing the, the new Hunger Games thing that's due out next year as well. He sort of kicked his career off pretty well, that one. As I say, we don't know any more about that Constantine movie yet, other than they have said it is in, being greenlit anyway. That's all the news we've got for this week. Just some time for some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> So, highlights for next week. We have Andor coming. That is the new Star Wars series. That's coming on the 21st of September. Sees Diego Luna reprises his role as Casson Andor and follows the adventures of the Rebel Spy during his formative years in the Rebellion. 21st of September for that. We have RuPaul's Drag Race UK. That's returning on the 22nd of September to BBC Three. That's at 9pm. We have Savage River. That's coming to Paramount Plus on the 22nd of September. This is a new series which stars Catherine Langford as an ex-con trying to move on who returns to a small Australian hometown only to become the prime suspect when a murder occurs. We've got Mock the Week. That's coming to BBC Two on the 23rd of September. That's at 10pm. Uh, that got bumped back a bit for obvious reasons, but that is coming. Uh, 23rd as well at 8.50. We've got Ghost Season 4 starting, which I'm very, very much looking forward to. And, uh, oh yeah, over on E4 Extra, Batwoman, the final part of Season Season three, which has been missing for pretty much since the start of the year, has finally been dropped on to air or will be on the 23rd of September. So uh, I think it's episode eight, I think, was was where it stopped. If you want to pick up the end of season three of Batwoman, 23rd of September on E4 Extra at 10 p.m. You can go and check that out. Strictly comes back, that's Strictly Come Dancing Season 20, that's on the 23rd of September at, there's lots on the 23rd of September, 23rd of September at 7pm, so that returns. Then on the 24th of September, the fifth and final season of Dynasty, that comes to Netflix, that's on the 24th, go and check that out. And uh, Broken Wood Mysteries, that lands on the 26th, that's at 8pm on Drama. 
Industry returns for its second season. That's on BBC One on the 27th. That's at 10.40. Note that's moved from BBC Two to BBC One for its second season. So uh, go and check that out. That was I, That's another one that I need to go back and watch. I watched the opening episode, thought that was quite good. And they never, so got, good. Around, never got around to watching the rest of it. But uh, it looked really, really good. And I do want to go back and watch the rest okay. of that. So 27th of September at 10.40 on BBC One for the second season like that. And then Reasonable Doubt, which lands on Disney Plus on the 27th of September. This is a uh, legal drama. It's a brilliant and fearless defence attorney in Los Angeles who books the justice system at every chance she gets. So, I mean, who knows? But that's called Reasonable Doubt, and that is on the 27th of September on Disney Plus. We want to check that out. So, uh, industry, you're definitely going to be going to, I suspect, then. Yeah, it's a lot of the BBC stuff there. So, industry, RuPaul, Mot the Week, Ghosts, all going to be tuning in for those. I think with the national period of morning ends around the 22nd so i <laughs> yeah. think that's why a lot of it is coming over those those weeks I, I, for those very few people who might listen to geek town the remaining canada's drag race and drag race down under airs on the 20th and 21st they had been stopped or held back during right. this national period of mourning. So for real hardcore drag race fans, you can watch Canada's final on the Tuesday, the 20th. You can watch Drag Race Down Under semi-final on the 21st. And then you can watch the first season of the UK on the 22nd. And if that's right, then on the 24th, you get the final of Drag Race Down Under. So a lot of drag race going on for those people who are really into it on the BBC. Yes, yes. So you can go and check that out. And I mean, if you are an uber, uber fan of all the drag race stuff, you go to wowpresentsplus.com that is world of wonder are the people that make drag race mm-hmm. and they have their own streaming services which basically has absolutely everything on it and in most cases they're releasing things next day for like everything so um yeah, yeah well presented. they do have certain restrictions on there right yeah I'm, i mean we're we have that, that but they don't have um they have the first season of down under and the first two seasons of canada but i think when you have a, a deal with the bbc in particular you're not allowed them to drop on wow presents plus any earlier than ah, they're on the bbc so that would make sense. Yeah, yeah there's a there's a weird thing in the UK like we can watch Celebrity Drag Race which is airing in the US straight away and has not got an air date over here because Netflix had it previously we can watch that straight away but if it's anything to do with the BBC you will not get it on Wow Presents Plus and they actually say in a lot of their tweets not in Australia or the UK because I think certain territories have first screening rights and so Wow holds it back until it's got through their first screening so yeah there's a a fact for you drag fans (laughs) <laughs> yes yes so um but it's i think it's it's weird price of like four pound 33 a month if you uh want to go and try that out for a month but uh yes it is it's available on like apple tv and roku and i mean android and xbox and smart tvs and all the usual places you can get those sort of things but uh yeah that's wowpresentsplus.com if you are a drag race fan and you want to go and check out that that's all the news and stuff and air dates we've got for this week if people want to find more about you and follow you on social media where can they find you then come over to twitter and follow me on at gray the geek and see me just tweet random things um at the moment about getting over being ill so, <laughs> so come and follow me yeah so uh, go and check out that's gray with an a go and check gray out over on twitter for other people involved in the show you can find bex on twitch.tv forward slash trista bites that's uh, b-y-t-e-s she's streaming pretty regularly over there so go and check her out she's uh, got lots of fun streams going on and everything over there for other people involved in the show you can also find matt on entertainmenttalk.org for lots more podcasts over there and you can find daryl on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those tv series you love which are shot in canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook and facebook Facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.